So we're going to go through a bit of Revelation chapter 1 this morning to talk about the holiness and the righteousness of this man, Jesus Christ, who is the Word made flesh, who is God incarnate. Um, you know, in the prayer room in this month, our theme for our time with where, where we worship with the Word is going to be on Revelation 1. So I want to invite you to come join us for our prayer sets. Um, you can find our times online. But we take that first hour of our two-hour prayer sets here, and we just we worship and we meditate on the Word of God. And so we're focusing on Revelation 1. And so I, my, my hope also is that this really fuels that, that, that fire as you sit before the presence of the Lord at His feet this semester. Um, so we'll be in Revelation chapter 1. I love the book of Revelation. Um, it's, I think it's my second favorite book in the Bible. Hebrews is my favorite. I love the book of Hebrews. Um, but I love the book of Revelation too because it is an opening. It's an unveiling of Jesus Christ. You know, that's what the word revelation means. It's an unveiling of this man. Um, but before we read that, I want to share a little bit of an encounter with Jesus I had seven years ago. You know, Jesus still encounters people today. Isn't that good news? <laughs> Isn't it good to know that God is still alive and he still meets and talks with his people? He didn't like ascend into heaven and then say, okay, you got to do this on your own. I'll leave you a little book and that's all you get for the next until I return. Now we love the word because he's revealed himself and he has given us this book. But as we eat this word as we meditate on it, as we sing it, as we pray it back to God, as we think about it, and we study it out with a devotional heart, that Jesus himself comes to meet with us personally. And that's really good news. Um, and that happened to me here at Storehouse um, seven years ago. Um, there was uh, um, there have been different seasons of my life where there are heightened moments or, or heightened seasons of heightened encounter with the Lord. That's just how it's been for me. Some others, it's similar. Some others, they, they wake up every morning, they have a, a powerful visitation, and I love that, praise God. Um, some may have one once a year or once in their lifetime, but it sustains them over that course of time. They always go back to that and draw from the memory of that. Um, for me, it kind of comes in waves sometimes. Um, and I'm not here to talk about why that may or may not be, but um, that's just how it's been for me. And in 2013, 2014 was one of those wave seasons for me. And I was uh, going back through those. I've, I've made a little catalog, a little notebook of significant encounters that I've had over the years. You know, my journals are full of just those sweet moments I have with the Lord on a regular basis. But there's some that really just get impressed on your spirit. Is that right? Some moments you've had with the Lord that just really... You never forget those. Um, or when you, when you do start to remember them, that, that, the, the, the memory of that encounter starts to come back. So I'm going to share a little bit about that, and we're going to go into Revelation 1. Um, so I was um, here at Storehouse during, a, during, during worship. We called it the Haas back, back then, the House of Zerubbabel. <laughs> Very significant message from Zechariah 3 and 4. Tracy, you know, talks about the history of that um, in, in, in messages. But, um, you know, if you want to hear about it, come to our Connect class and we'll, you'll learn more about why Zerubbabel, <laughs> um, of all names. Um, we can't spell it. We can't say it. But, um, but the Lord is saying something through it. Amen. <laughs> so that's good. So, um, so I'm in worship. And I start to see in, um, in, internally, in my mind's eye, I start to see this um, big fiery, I call it a, like a doorway that's opened up in the spirit. 
Sometimes we use the word portal, gateway, whatever it may be. Um, I'm not trying to be weird with my language here. I'm just trying to describe what I was seeing. And, you know, there's a couple of different types of visions. There's a vision where you see it open-eyed like I'm looking at you and you're looking at me right now. And it's, it's, it's that real in front of you like a movie screen. But then there's internal visions that you see with your spirit, you see in your mind's eyes with the eyes of your heart. And a lot of times, most of the time that people share a vision, that's what I found is usually the case. But it is, is, it is just as powerful um, as well when the Lord meets us in that way. So I'm seeing this internal vision of this fiery doorway open up in heaven. And I see a picture of these two angels coming down, and they're taking me into heaven, and they're putting me in this pool of fire in heaven. Now, it's pretty intense. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's not the lake of fire, praise God. Um, you know, <laughs> our God is a consuming fire. <laughs> you know, so if he takes you into heaven and puts you in fire, that's probably a good thing. If he takes you down, that's, that's not so good. Um, up is always good, down not. Um, <laughs> But um, it was just this, this fiery pool. And I, I wasn't really feeling a whole lot in this moment that he set me down. And I'm just kind of sitting there um, immersed in this, in this pool of fire. And um, I asked the Lord, why am I here? Why am I sitting in this thing? And the Lord said to me, <laughs> he said, I'm burning all of the no out of you. You know, sometimes the Lord tells us things and once highlights a point in our life that needs to change and that, that flesh, that old man says, no, thank you. Not ready for that. Not doing that. Not today, Jesus. But you know, the refiner, Jesus himself, he wants that removed. He wants that no out of our lives to where, where it's constantly, yes, Jesus. I surrender Jesus. Jesus, that looks really hard and painful, but I say yes. You know, gold is refined in the fire. And, um, and, and when I look back on that season of my life, it actually was that um, as those in, that wave of encounter season kind of lifted, it was actually a very challenging year for me. Um, emotionally, spiritually, a lot was going on. I started questioning my, my identity and all, all of the, uh, who I am in Christ and, uh, and what he's called me to do. All of these things were, were, were questioned internally in a major way. And I start to look back on that. I'm like, Lord, I kind of think that was the fire that was going on. Um, and you know, when the word of the Lord, the Bible says when Joseph in the book of Genesis received the word, the promise that he would rule over the people of Israel, Genesis 39 It said the word of the Lord tested Joseph. And you know, sometimes testing comes into our lives. Wilderness seasons, difficult times. People are mad at us, are offending us, we're offending them. Things aren't working out according to how we thought they were based on what the Lord had said or what what people have prayed over us or what we've been asking God. Has anyone experienced that kind of season in life? Okay, everybody, if you're not raising your hands, Lord, you know, brace yourself, you know. (laughs) Um, Because the Lord, we think of God testing us. Um, You know, there's a couple elements of testing. We think of it as God's just trying to see if Matthew's going to still love him. God's testing me to say, Matthew, do you really love me? Are you really going to stick me out? As if he doesn't know. Um, But I want to propose that 
when God tests us, it's different. That God's refining and proving us. You know, gold goes into the fire, not so much to prove whether or not it's gold. It goes into the fire to remove all of the impurities so that the gold that it already is, is shining more brightly. And you and I are new creation in Jesus Christ, amen? The old has passed away, the new has come. Does anyone believe that over your life? That that past sin and past identity is not what defines you, it's who you are in Jesus Christ. You're his son, you're his daughter, he is with you. But God takes us through refining seasons to get those impurities out of us, to get those lies out of us, to get that lack of trust, to get that fear out of us so that we can run boldly and shine more brightly. Amen? So that's what was happening in this Back to the Vision. I, I sensed when, uh, that Jesus was, that he wanted to refine me and, and, and make me shine like pure gold. But then as I'm sitting there in that fire pool, I'm seeing it, but I'm not really feeling a whole lot. But then there's a real shift that comes in this encounter with the Lord, where I start to see a, 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 not a 100% clear, but a, but a very powerful image of Jesus coming to stand before me. And I'm seeing him clothed in light. And as I start seeing him, I mean, the, the, the sense of his presence is impacting the depths of my spirit and even my body. I start trembling. I start shaking. I start weeping in the presence of the Lord. And I just start looking at his, the light coming out of his face. You know, when we look at Jesus and that light that shines out of his face starts to hit our hearts, there's, there's, it, it captivates us. What I saw with Jesus was just such cleanness, such purity. A man in whom there is no lie, no darkness, no guile, no selfish agenda, just purity. And you know, as I'm sitting there in this encounter and I start to see Jesus, I start looking at the brightness of his face, that light shining out of his face lifts and I get a faint, powerful glimpse of his eyes. I mean, you ever look at somebody in the eyes? That's hard for a lot of us to do. Because you just feel like they're looking right into your soul. But... And Jesus, and, and it's sometimes scary. You feel, you feel vulnerable. You feel totally emotionally naked. And that's how I was feeling in that moment. Um, but in, in Jesus' kindness, he visited me to unveil his eyes and let me see into his soul. And that's the kind of God that we serve. Um, and I was overwhelmed by this feeling of unworthiness. Like, why I, I don't deserve to be in the presence of this holy God, of this holy man. 
yet at the same time, my heart was pulled to want to come closer. As I started stretching my hand out to, to Jesus in this vision, actually in the natural, my body, the, the trembling and the sobbing increases. And I start stretching out, moving past that feeling of I'm unworthy. I don't deserve to be in his presence, trembling and sobbing before him to where my hand rests on his face. I mean, the power of his love and his beauty just starts to rush through my soul. You know, after this um, encounter, I was just trying to, to describe, Lord, what, how did I describe to people what I saw? You know, you, you see his eyes, you see his grace, you see his mercy, you, see his, you feel love coming into your heart. But the only word that, that I feel I could encapsulate that moment was the word holy. He's holy. All of these cherubim and seraphim, these four living creatures that stand in the presence of God day and night, all of these, these 24 elders that Revelation 4 talks about, this innumerable company of angels attending and ministering to the Lord. You know what song that they're singing night and day to the Lord? Holy, holy, holy. You know, I realized yesterday that I had this encounter on um, June 18th, which is which uh, is my anniversary. Um, this was three years before I got married, so I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Um, but um, but Isaiah six one eight Isaiah six verse one through eight is Isaiah's encounter with the Lord, where the train of his robe fills the temple, and he hears the seraphim crying out, "Holy, holy, holy!" Isn't that cool? Um, the Lord is is was putting an exclamation point to say, "I am holy," and I want people to behold me in my holiness, in my righteousness, in my beauty. And um, one last thing I'll say about this. We want to go into Revelation 1 here because this is an, Revelation 1 is an invitation into this. Um, is that I was asking the Lord after, I was like, Lord, you know, I, I was feeling in that moment such unworthiness yet drawn to you at the same time. Um, you're so perfect and you're so pure. What do I do with that feeling of unworthiness um, in, that, in that sense of yearning? And I felt like the Lord said this to me. He said, my perfection will always cause you to be in awe. The closer you draw to me, the bolder you will become afterwards. John, the apostle, he grew bold enough to lay his head on my chest. And this is a reference to John 13 to 17. It's the Last Supper. Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm about to die, but the Holy Spirit is going to come and be with you. And John is leaning on Jesus' chest in that moment. He's reclining on him. And this same apostle John would later write the book of Revelation and see Jesus unveiled in all of his holiness and majesty. And so there's an invitation from the Lord, not only for me, but for those in this room, those online. He's saying, draw near. Come and sit at my feet. Come and gaze. Come and behold my glory, which I had with the Father before the foundation of the world. 
And, you know, as we sit in his presence, that feeling of unworthiness, that feeling of shame, that feeling that even that no inside of our heart of, ah, I don't want to change in that area. I don't want to address this thing. I don't want to reconcile with that person. I don't want to let go of this offense. Whatever it is that keeps moving us away from Jesus himself, we start drawing near and gazing at him and, and looking at his beauty and his holiness. We feel that sense to draw away, but his love is drawing us near and it starts to burn away to say, Jesus, your love, I say yes to forgiving Jesus, your love. I say yes to letting you address that place in my heart. Jesus, your love. I say yes to letting you heal that place in my soul that I haven't wanted to talk about for years. Can we let Jesus into those places in your heart today? Can you let Jesus come in and draw near and say, let me refine you and heal you and restore you and make you shine? That's what he wants. So I want to take us to Revelation 1, because here's an encounter that John, again, the one that laid his, rested his head on the chest of Jesus, feeling that heartbeat of the king. I mean, can you imagine that? He's, his head is on the heartbeat of God in the flesh. I mean, that's where I want to be for eternity. I don't know about you. But he sees Jesus unveiled in his glory in Revelation 1. So if you're, you're there, I'm going to start us in verse 4 to 8. And I just, my heart here is just to, um, to break down a few of these key descriptions of who Jesus is in the book of Revelation, because I think this is what's going to sustain us in the days ahead. You see, in the book of Revelation, the perfect storm breaks out across the entire earth called the Great Tribulation. But Jesus does not unveil the trouble until he unveils, first unveils his glory. And so we got an invitation today because what is this year? What is coming this year? What's coming in the next five years? What's coming in the next 10 years? Whatever it is, I want to be anchored in the revelation of who Jesus is. Because it's that place that there's peace. It's that place that there's hope and that place that there's confidence. So come with me right now. Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. It says, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, and he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7, behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye, say every eye, will see him. Oh, that's good. Every eye, every one of us are going to see him. What if I never see Jesus? You're going to see him. I promise. It's in the word. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. Verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Okay, let's stop there. So again, in the book of Revelation, Jesus is unveiling to John his battle plan to cleanse the earth of all wickedness and evil. You see, the book of Revelation is not about Satan having a field day on the earth. The book of Revelation is about judgment against Satan and this upcoming Antichrist um, who, will, who will move in demonic power unlike we've ever seen before. But 
the whole point of Revelation is to say, this is my beauty, this is my glory, the Lord is saying, and this is how my church is going to overcome the enemy in these coming days. These are, this is how he's going to overcome, this is how we're going to overcome the enemy in the last days and be prepared to meet our king holy and blameless before him. That's our inheritance. And John sees this, he sees Jesus, and he's already telling us, here's some things that are important to know about Jesus before the trouble hits. Here's stuff we want to meditate on. We want to go into the prayer and say, Lord, show me more. One of those is that Jesus Christ is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. You know, Jesus, he's a faithful witness. When he stands before his father in the Supreme Court of Heaven, he's always giving a righteous and true testimony. And he was a faithful witness unto the message that the Father gave him in his time on the earth to the point of death. And it's important to look at Jesus as the faithful witness because you and I are right now being called to be faithful witnesses. And when you are a faithful witness unto the message of the Lord and to the truth of the gospel and who Jesus is, that he is the only way to salvation, that he is the way to the Father, he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one can be saved except through his name. You start standing on that, people stop liking you. Not everybody, but a lot of people. He told us before he died, you'll be hated by all nations. For my sake. So I want you to lock into who I am as the faithful witness because I'm going to call you to be a faithful witness as well. Look at me and how I did it and realize that I am in you testifying. And don't be afraid. He is the firstborn from the dead. Death had no hold over Jesus. He conquered death by his own death. You and I might be faced with death for our testimony to Jesus one day. Did you know that's still happening in many parts of the world? I won't totally go here, but I've been a little more bold in what I've been saying about certain issues lately. And a lot of people don't like it. And I don't want to say something just for the purpose of causing controversy. But I want to take a stand. And we need to take a stand. The most important thing we take a stand for is Jesus and who he is. Amen. Can we all do that? He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Okay, so we've got the governments of the earth plotting wicked and vain things. Psalm chapter 2, very clear. The kings of the earth in the last days are going to start raging against God and against his anointed one, his son Jesus, and against his people. The kings of the earth are going to say, God, we don't want your rules We don't want your ways. We want to do it our way. We want the money. We want the fame. We want the power, even if it means giving ourselves over to Satan. That's what the kings of the earth will do. But Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And he is coming with a rod of iron, and he will dash the nations to pieces. All of the governments, the kings of the earth that resist his leadership will be destroyed. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And he loves us. Isn't that good news? I've shared some intense things about this man, Jesus, but the good news is he loves us and he's washed us from our sins in his own blood. 
You know, that's going to be really key in these coming days to stay locked in on that truth that Jesus has washed me and cleansed me, that I can boldly come into the throne of grace to ask for mercy and receive grace in time of need, that his blood has sprinkled clean my guilty conscience and given me access to the holy of holies, the holy of holies before a holy and righteous God. You know, I was watching the other day, um, I don't really watch TV ever, um, but somehow my wife and I start watching the, the Lion Whisperer on YouTube. Anybody heard of that? The Lion Whisperer? Okay, it's a thing. Look him up. It's really quite amazing. This South African guy goes and hangs out with the lions and they don't eat him. Um, so um, that's my very poor impression of a South African voice. I, pardon me all my South African brothers and sisters that I sounded nothing like. Um, but I love the South African accent, so I try to do my best to mimic it. Um, fall terribly short. But anyway, so it's this man. He is... Um, he stays with these lions in captivity. I mean, this man is literally wrestling and playing with lions. And I mean, it's like your heart jumps a few moments because the lions get excited, but, um, but they don't eat him. And, 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 and my little daughter, you know, she's learning how to talk. She's 14 months old, learning animal sounds. Guess what her favorite animal sound to make is? The lion. She goes, rawr. <laughs> we say, what does the, what was the, what does the papa lion say? And I go, rawr. And then Aisha, my wife, goes, what does the mama lion say? And she goes, rawr. And then what does the baby lion say? And Eleanor does this little, rawr. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. And she lets, so she's looking at this lion whisperer. I mean, like, oh my gosh, all of my dreams are coming true right before my eyes. But it's on the screen. I can't quite get there. <laughs> and, um, and after one of the episodes of The Lion Whisperer, the guy says, um, uh, he's, something to, I'm paraphrasing, says something to the effect, so it's just such an honor that such majestic creatures allow me to be in their presence. I mean, is that, then that just hit me. And, and for me, it was a prophetic picture of when Jesus comes back, when it, literally Isaiah 11, the lion will lie with, will lay down with the lamb, the, the children will play with the snakes, and they won't eat each other. I mean, it's, this is what it's going to be like when the Lord returns. But also, just thinking about Jesus, the lion of Judah, who has overcome sin, death, and hell, who is the ruler of the kings of the earth, says, Matthew, come into my presence. I've washed you, I love you, and I want you to be here. And that will give us confidence and boldness to keep drawing near to Jesus. He's made us kings and priests. He's made us kings and priests. Jesus has given us as priests the ability to draw near to him. And he's given us his authority as kings to enforce his decrees and walk in his power on the earth. It says, whatever you bind in, on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Well, whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. That you use the name of Jesus, the backing, the power of heaven is behind you. That is the great honor he's given us to, as the saints, that we're going to do that forever. And then it says, behold, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. I mean, let me just give you a little picture of this here. Jesus is coming on bright, shining, glory clouds, and he's making a kingly procession on a white horse with companies of angels clothed in white. Revelation 19, Matthew 24, 1 Thessalonians 4, Zechariah chapter 14. I mean, it's all over the scriptures. 
I'm not trying to look like I know a lot about the Bible. I'm trying to say Jesus is saying, exclamation point, I'm coming in power and I'm coming in glory. And the power of the heavens will be shaken and every eye will see me. And we can start now locking in on Jesus. Jesus, you're coming on the clouds. Every eye will see you. You are coming back to the earth, Lord Jesus. Show me more of your glory and your majesty on that white horse with the company of heaven. Because when we start looking and start reminding our soul that Jesus is returning, you know, we actually start lining up our lives in light of that. If we're living like Jesus is not coming back, we start to fall into laziness, complacency. Some go to an extreme in Matthew 24 where the master left the house and those that were put in charge started getting drunk and beating the servants of the master. They weren't living in light of my master's going to return. I'm going to give an account to him. And I, that's a warning to pastors and leaders in the church. Say, do not be drunk on the ways and the wisdom of this world. Do not be drunk on the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this life, and the desires for other things. Now, look, I believe God wants to bless us with riches, honor, and life. That's what he promises to those that are humble. He wants the church to move in wealth and fund the gospel to take it all across the nations. And he wants to bless you. But when your heart gets ensnared by those things, the desire for other things, Jesus says, we stop living in light of the Lord is coming back and I'm giving an account for that money, for that time, for that heart energy in those relationships that he's given me to steward. We, we, we get out of that, we, uh, that he's coming back. We start getting lazy and complacent and start doing things our own way. But when we lock in, he's coming on the clouds with power and great glory. And I will see him. I mean, that changes everything. That says, Lord, how can I, how can I be uh, uh, um, steward this, this, what you've given me well? How can I carry my heart in a way that's going to honor you? How can I invest my time and my money and my relationships in a way that's going to count for eternity? He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. It all starts and ends with Jesus. I want to take us through a few more verses in chapter, chapter 1, verse 12. We're going to go to 18. Jesus appears in a very dramatic way to John the Apostle, who had given himself to beholding Jesus and reclining on his chest. Revelation 1, verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. Having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like a son of man, that's Jesus, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white, like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. I think that's my favorite right there. His feet were like burnished bronze and when it has been made as when it has been made to glow in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him I fell at his feet like a dead man and he placed his right hand on me saying do not be afraid. 
I am the first and the last and the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and of Hades. Okay. We're not going to talk about every single one of these, but I want to highlight a few to you today and then invite you to join us in the prayer room this month and meditate on these things. Um, so um, John hears this voice from Jesus saying, write these things down that I'm going to show you. And when John turns, he sees the glory of this man that's speaking to him. And, he, and, and just his response is interesting. He falls over like a dead man. I mean, this is, this is, I got a little glimpse of this seven years ago with this internal vision of Jesus. And I'm trembling and I'm shaking and I'm weeping in the Lord's presence. And I feel unworthy to come near to him. John has such an intense encounter that he basically passes out. You ever seen anybody pass out at church? You're like, what just happened to that guy? <laughs> we call it falling out in the spirit. Um, God is touching people in, in a way that their bodies and their souls cannot physically handle. And sometimes it knocks them to the ground. That's why we try to have catchers. For those that are new, have never seen it, you're like, what? is going on? Where, what have I gotten myself into? But some of you here, like, finally someone's saying something because I see it and I'm like, what's going on? Um, that's what's going on. Jesus, the, God is encountering that person in a deep, powerful way and their bodies can't stand. And that's what exactly what happened. Is it in the Bible? It's right here in Revelation chapter one. It happens and it happens in different degrees. So for me, seven years ago, I didn't see John, I didn't see Jesus open-eyed, but I saw him in such a way that my body had a real response similar to John's. But John falls over like a dead man. And what does Jesus tell him? Do not be afraid. You know, a lot of us spend a lot of time focusing on the negative things happening in the world, and we start to come into agreement with fear. I have to constantly check my heart on this. I have to say, okay, I'm not going to watch that news station. I'm going I'm to limit my time that I'm actually hearing what's going on in the world because that, that tendency to agree with fear and anxiety can come on real quick. But, you know, in the book of Revelation, before he, Jesus says anything about all the trouble that's going to hit the earth in the last days, he appears, and John is afraid not of the bad things. He's afraid of Jesus. <laughs> And when Jesus appears to you in a real way, it, it, it might make you a little afraid, but Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. I loved you. I've washed you. I want you here. I want to be here with you. And when we start getting that, 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 that fear of being close to Jesus and we lock in and behold his beauty, it starts driving out fear of other things. You know, the fear of the Lord is clean. It's pure but it's not a type of fear that keeps us away from him. It's a, it's a type of fear and honor and, a, and, and, and an inner sense of, of, of awe of his majesty that makes us want to come closer. And that's what he wants for us. I'm going to highlight one of these descriptions of Jesus here. The eyes like fire. That's my favorite. You know, Jesus has real eyes. That may sound really obvious, um, but he does. He's a man. He's God in the flesh. And we look in those eyes, and I just encourage you to take time in prayer over this next month and meditate on Jesus' eyes and those flames of fire. How do I do that? How do I meditate on it? You get in this word, and you come into a prayer set because they're going to be singing about it, which is going to make it 100 times easier for you. Um, 
and you look at it and you, you close your eyes, you sit in the Lord's presence, Jesus, you have eyes like a flame of fire. Thank you, Jesus, for the beauty of your eyes. Show me the beauty of those fiery eyes right now. And you wait. Spend a moment in his presence. Well, I don't see much. I don't feel much. Whisper again, Jesus, you have eyes of fire. You are the burning God. You are a consuming fire. I love you, Jesus. And you wait. And you, it just, that may happen a few times, that, but you start to feel these, these movements in your soul and your heart. Like, oh, wow. Like I got a little glimpse in my imagination. Or, or, or oh, I thought of this scripture verse. Yes, God is a consuming fire. I, I, I thought of this, this verse of being refined like fire. Jesus Refine me with that, with that flame that comes from your eyes. Burn up all of that no out of me. Help my heart be fully surrendered to you. Thank you for those eyes of fire. Show me more. And you wait. And you sing it to him. There, there, there's a song. Um, Fill me with the fire in your eyes. Cause my heart to burn. You want to get something out of Revelation 1, you attach that scripture verse to that song. Fill me with the fire in your eyes and cause my heart to burn. Jesus is inviting us to have hearts that burn with his love. Jesus is inviting us to come and sit before him and gaze at his beauty and let him burn up all of that no. And it's only sitting in his presence where those things really start to come up. I'm going to have a stand. And we're going to let Jesus gaze at us with those fiery eyes. We're going to sit before that flame. And we're just going to talk to him and we're going to let him talk to us. He's going to do this for a few moments. I'm teaching you, I'm training you how to do this throughout this month, throughout this year to get locked in on Jesus. So just close your eyes right now. Everyone in this room, if you're online, take a moment, turn everything else off. Sit, stand in the presence of Jesus if you're online. And just meditate on this with us and ask and, and, and let the Lord minister to you. So I'm just going to read some of these descriptions, a couple of these, the eyes of fire is the main one, and his face shining like the sun. And you just, you just whisper your own prayers to Jesus. They need to come out of your own mouth. This is not having Matthew's encounter. This is you talking personally to the one who shed his blood for you. You can repeat after me or use your own words. So Jesus, we thank you that you're coming. You're coming on clouds and every eye will see you. Lord, open my eyes right now to see your beauty, to see your holiness, 
to see those eyes that are like flames of fire. We thank you for those eyes, King Jesus. Show us those eyes of fire. Show us that love that pours out of those eyes. And take a moment to wait, but you're welcome to whisper your own prayers to Jesus. If you get distracted, just say some of those same prayers again. Thank you, Jesus, for those eyes of fire. shining face shines brighter than the sun thank you Jesus show us more show me more shine that light into my heart right now There's, there's some of you in here, some of you online, where you resonated with what I said about the, those that know in your heart. And some of you may feel it in a general sense, but some of you felt real specific things. Like, oh, yeah, he said, the Lord's addressing this particular issue. I've got some unforgiveness I need to deal with. I've got some sin or some relationships I need to cut out of my life. I've got some worry or fear about this particular thing. He's told me to do something or spoken some kind of truth and I've, I've, I've said no. If that's you this morning and you're saying, and you want Jesus to come burn up that no out of you, <laughs> you, want a, you want that yes to be there in those areas. I just want to invite you to lift your hands right now specifically spoke to you and struck you. I've got some no in my heart, Jesus. I confess it. If that's you online, just open your hands to Jesus right now as an act of surrender. And I just want to lead those of you who are raising your hands through a prayer. If you'll repeat after me, just we're, we're surrendering that no to Jesus and we're welcoming those eyes of fire to come burn us and cleanse us of the no. Jesus, we love you. We confess, Jesus. I confess to you that there's been some no in my heart. You know what it is, Jesus. And if you're raising your hands and you know specifically what it is, tell him. So Jesus, I've been I've had a no in my heart to you in this area, in that area. Be specific with him. Just whisper that to him. If you're online, speak to him. Be specific with him. And 
then tell him, Jesus, I say yes right now. Burn up that no. Remove the no in my heart to your voice, to your ways, to your commands. I want to shine and burn for you. I want to shine like pure gold. Fill me with the fire in your eyes. Cause my heart to burn for you. If we can all pray that to Jesus right now. Jesus, Jesus, fill me with the fire in your eyes. Cause my heart to burn. Draw my gaze towards you, Jesus. Anchor me in the revelation of who you are and strengthen me to stand in this coming season and to not fear. To not fear coming in your presence and not fear what's coming in the days ahead. We love you, Jesus. Amen.